Welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. As always, I'm Brett Gaffney. I'm, I'm feeling pretty excited for season two coming around the corner. Uh, I know I said at the end of episode 10 of season one that there would be a little hiatus and we'd be coming back. Well, that hiatus is now over. So welcome back. Season two is just around the corner, guys. Uh, but wh- what I really wanted to do was just kind of show you guys, uh, especially for the listeners that haven't maybe gotten every episode uh, a few of my highlights and a few of my favorite segments and uh, answers to questions from interviews so what i've done is uh i've compiled uh a little bit from each episode of season one going from one to ten and i'm gonna put them here now and at the end of the episode stay tuned for a little glimpse into what is coming for the future of the show uh, I I just want to say thank you. Um, this show has become a lot more uh, important to me, and what I've realized is that given the ability to put on record and share other people's stories is... <laughs> sharing other people's stories is important. And I've learned a lot about myself through creating this show and re-listening to interviews. I'm only going to share one word before we leave. I, I put quotation marks around word before we leave because it's not a word. Everybody knows that. It's more than a word. It's on record for what the interviewee would want to say to the world. It doesn't have to be a word. It can be anything. But I've only included one because I don't want to spoil some episodes. And this might be a great way to get you to maybe explore some of those past episodes that you didn't get a chance to listen to or didn't listen to fully. So, again, thank you for coming back. Uh, This is a word in review, a summary of season one for A Word Before We Leave. I'm Brett Gaffney, and now, some of the highlights of season one. Podcasting fans, tired of listening strictly to A Word Before We Leave? Well, don't you worry. A Word Before We Leave is now available on YouTube. It should be under the YouTube podcasting platforms, as well as if you just type in A Word Before We Leave channel, you can find all of season one, including this episode currently up to date on YouTube. Uh, There's no recording from the previous interviews, but everything has been transcribed, a little bit of color's been added, and our graphics been added, so if you would for some reason like to have something on in the background uh, that's a bit more visual, we have it just made for you. Uh, But now... A word in review. Griffin, would you like to tell the people of the world uh, what exactly is it that gets you out of bed every single day? Damn, it depends on the day. Sometimes it's just the aspect of wanting to get out of bed. But I would say most of the time it's, um, I mean, fighting the feeling of staying in bed all day. I think it's at the end of the day, it's, you know, I don't want to go mad once again. Or at least I want to have fun, and that's why you get out of bed, to create something, to do something, anything at all. Or you just sleep. Or like a lot of great artists, you stay in bed, and uh, you make a lot of artwork. I mean, but it was like Matisse, Frida Kahlo, Jean-Michel Basquiat, Tracy Emin. The point is, what gets me out of bed? I would say not wanting to feel like my bed is a coffin. That's what gets me out of bed. So you've touched a little bit on artists, and specifically... You, 
you being an artist. Oh, well, yeah. Do you want to talk about anything about your passions, about why you do art? What is what is the kind of art that you do for someone that's never seen what you work on? And then do you want to elaborate on like what inspires that art? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, that's all I ever really want to talk about. No, that's not true. But I would say uh, I had one friend describe my art as a propaganda, and I did not. I mean, in some way, I could understand where he was coming from, depending on like how you pitch it or how you swing it. But um, I would say, yeah, how would I describe my artwork? Um, it's abstract for sure. Is it painting? Is it watercolor? Is it's it... uh, yeah, okay. We're talking about materials. I'm a mixed media artist, so everything just kind of floods to my mind. I think about art, I'm just like covering, in special like a visual medium. So yeah, uh, I do painting, I do sculpture, I do drawing. I was obsessed with Legos when I was a kid, and that's almost what started it all off. But I would say it's a mixed media abstraction, pop culture, contemporary, experimental, avant-garde, blah, blah, blah. See it to believe it. Isn't it funny that we're in an audio medium talking about paintings? <laughs> See, there's something special about where we are actually recording the interview. So uh, I'll give the listener a little rundown oh, of the yes, environment please. because I, I usually do. So right now we are in Griffin's outdoor, indoor type garage-esque studio for art. Uh, we're outside of his apartment. We are, I would for say, a words. little bit south of Hollywood right now. Yes. Um, and what I can see around me is I'm sitting in a anti antique wooden chair Griffin sitting in a older leather bound cushioned wood chair. Uh, my laptop recording the audio is sitting on a what would look like any normal artist yellow chair. This is something. It's that's one like, of like a four set of a kitchen dining sets from like yeah, the nineteen fifties. Yeah. And then to the left of me, I have about. What would you describe the size of these paintings? Oh man, they range from the tallest probably being like what. You'd probably say like 12, 13 feet. I would say that's a 12 foot painting. Yeah. Right. Um, and I would, yeah, I mean the size is probably at the largest. We're going 12 by 30 feet with the stretch canvas could be larger, a lot of different dimensions. The smallest ones I have are probably the size of your palm and the largest ones are the size of like six or seven grown men. Yeah. I'd say that is quite accurate actually. So I got large paintings to the left of me. To the right of me, I got a barn door and open barn door open, and it's raining right now. It's actually raining. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys can hear it a little bit. Yeah, it's raining quite enjoyably, might I add. Not do we want to do we want to give the people a little second just to kind of hear the environment outside? Oh, just to take it in. Yes, yeah. yes, please. And that's enough of that. So. Welcome to a brand new segment called Word Story. So, Jacob, you and I are going to transport the podcast that we're talking at right now to a new setting, a new place, and we're going to create a problem, and then we solve it together. It's going to be a little bit more of an improv game than okay. it's going to be anything else. So, to start us off, where would we be in, like, like think, think, make it fun, make it imaginative, put the podcast in a place that the podcast would never be in, and then we can go from there. 
I would say as soon like, as you, let's tell a story the goal is to tell a story as soon as you start talking I would just imagine for some reason these like almost like the windows background like the nice rolling green grassy hills with like the nice blue skies so here we are Jacob and Brett sitting at a table we are in the rolling hills of the windows desktop from 2005 <laughs> and very peaceful all of a sudden the computer crashes oh no uh, and then, am I continuing the problem? Yeah. And then a dragon comes up over us. So a dragon comes up over us. The sky is dark. Yeah. There's a screech in the night. We both sit there, and Jacob says, Here, take my sword. He pulls the sword out of his pocket. I screech like a little girl. And then Jacob decides to take the sword and... I just chuck it at the, at the dragon. The dragon goes... Yeah. And it breathes fire all over our desk, all over the podcast, all over everything. We're running for the distance, and we start running up that shadowed hill from the HP desktop. Yeah. And then I say, wait, Brett, we can't run from this. We have to face it ourselves. And I look at you and I say, but how are we going to do that? And I bring out our magical bow and arrows with 20 plus damage. And I say, with these. And then I bring out a d20 dice and I roll it and it rolls a critical failure. What happens? I kick those dice to the side. I say, fuck those dice. I got this bow. Jacob shoots the bow. He aims right for the dragon's neck. It hits the neck. What happens to the dragon's neck? Pierces right through. So, so such big of a hole somehow. That the head just like falls off onto the ground right in front of it. It makes like a like a as it falls down the hill, and I take the head and I hold it up and I say, "You did it, Jacob! You did it!" And I say, "No, Brett, we did it." And then a bunch of pixies come out of the grass and yes. they're all thanking us and they're all really tiny and they speak German, only German. So they're saying Dunkishin, Dunkishin, Dunkishin. And I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are saying. And I'm like, they're saying thank you. Oh. And then the sun comes back up. And we resume the podcast. And then you hear like the little windows in the morning and then the desktop's back to normal and the podcast table and you and I are gone. And that was word story. I like that. That was fun. Just a little fun, a little <laughs> imagination game. Oh boy, do I, Brett? I would love to hear one. Oh, okay. Um, well, most recently, this is actually uh, a couple. Well, it's been a month ago, I guess. Um, we decided to, for our anniversary, take Maeve to Starved Rock State Park in Illinois. And it was going to be her first camping trip. She's two, so she would never have done anything like this before. So we did cooking outdoors. We tried to do some fishing. We went hiking. We saw a waterfall. It was all this really, really, really fun stuff. And we set the tent up and we made dinner. Um, And then towards the end of dinner, um, we're sitting there. I, I was getting ready to clean all the dishes, wash everything up. And then as I'm dousing the fire out of nowhere... My daughter just perks up and says, Dad is a fat boy. (laughs) And then she knew it was funny because she's smart and then just continued to say Dad is a fat boy for probably the next 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, And I couldn't do anything but laugh because it's one over the last few months, a little a little more than just partially true. 
but then also it was just so funny because that was language that she had gathered from me, one, talking about myself and then also talking about our animals who are both rather chunky. By the way, as the listener, if you're hearing thumping around, that's that's just little old Maeve. She's having fun right now. She's running around, getting some exercise in. I'm running around. She's running around. If you heard that, she's saying hi to the listeners. Maeve, do you want to come say hi? Come here, baby. So this is this is the the one that called Morgan a fat boy. So, do you see those letters and numbers there? That's where you say hello. Say hello. Just say hi. Hi, Maeve. You can say hi to me. Say hi, Mr. Brett. Are you bashful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should go watch TV while we finish up with this, okay? You're never going to get this much TV at one time ever again until you're like. Okay, I'm ready. Emily Shikai. Yeah. What is one thing you wish you could tell to your brother? Oh, one thing. Just like, I just wish he knew like how loved he is. Because I think that's like the really sad part is like he didn't see that or feel that. And he was so loved. And so valued. And he still is. And he still is. He's 100% is. I try to talk about him in the present tense. Sometimes I like catch myself. Because I'm like, again, going back to that, like, your existence is still here. Even if you're not on this earth. But yeah, I think that was like the really hard hitting reality was like to know. And that's what makes me like, again, like so sad for others that I'm just like, I want you to know and feel and if however I can show you how loved you are while you're still here on this earth, I will do that for you. Like I want to do that for you because seeing the opposite side of that where it was like losing someone who didn't feel that and know that, but then like me being able to see it, like the people that showed up for him and showed up for me and showed up for my family, if only he knew. And so I wish I can, I want to give that to others the way that he didn't receive it. What is love to you? (laughs) you're gonna ask this question um i was just saying this to brett i like love there's so many different forms of love and i'm just i think in a new way realizing that for the first time because i'm in a new relationship and so there's like a romantic love that i've not yet experienced in my life and so i'm like okay you can't just casually throw out like, oh my God, I love him. Like the way that I like would for like whatever else. So like, I love you, Brett. And like, I know that kind of love. and I know what that love feels like to love you and like look at you in the eyes and be able to say that. I love Toby. Like I know the way I feel like loving on my dog. And so I'm like, I know what that feels like and I know how to feel that. But again, in a romantic way, that's new for me. And I'm like rediscovering. I'm like, okay, like what is love? Like really? But I think it's like, it's just showing compassion and it's showing honesty. Like I think honesty and truth and authenticity are huge components, especially for me for love. Like knowing that I feel loved when I feel like most like seen the people that like can understand and know like my true authentic self and can be honest to me and show me the compassion and the mercy that I hope to then also give back to them. Like that to me is love. And then the way it can like flourish beyond that 
maybe in the romantic sense or in the more like, like you know, familial sense or with a dog, like <laughs> whatever that is, you know? Yeah. But that's love. I want to ask, I do want to ask one more question before I ask okay. the final question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Because you know what the final question is. I know. I, I, I don't think that you would change anything about your past. Is that correct? I don't think you would. It, no. I mean. Because I wanted to ask if you yeah. could change one thing about your past, what yeah. would it be? But then I was like, I don't think you would change anything because it happened and you can't. Yes. That's a huge coming to term with yeah. as well is it's like there's this big like what if question you can't answer and you can't ask yourself what happened has happened and it, it was like also like me being like i've become such a better person yeah but then being like was it all be like he like this had to happen for me to be that better person yeah. like sometimes it's like gets me twisted in the head and i'm like you know like life panned out like is there one moment i wish i could go back to and like i regret not doing something yes a hundred percent i think that i will forever live with where it's just like there's that desire there's that want there's that wish and like that's not unhealthy for me to have or you know to think about but i can't harbor on it too long because you're right like what's happened has happened like that's my past and like every moment that has happened and everything has led me to this i don't like the phrase here's something i'll challenge you and other people with i don't like the phrase everything happens for a reason i think that phrase gets thrown around a little too guilty i know <laughs> and i think it's just like I mean, I don't think it's a bad statement. I think it's just the context in which people use it. You have to just like think a little bit on it where it's like, I don't think it's fair to say like in the worst of times and in the most traumatic of people's events, well, everything happens for a reason. It just like gets thrown out there too liberally. I, I think in that context, people are recognizing a catalyst. Yes. And so they so say like, oh, everything happens well, for a reason because yes. they're recognizing that you a year from now yes. will be so much more so this different. is what i like to maybe say maybe for the negative made for the better yeah but your life is now impacted right. by an yes. event out of your control yes but so what i like to say instead of like everything happens for a reason is like everything might not happen for a reason but like you can find reason from everything like you can find a meaning and you can find a purpose and you can find something from something that happened even if it's like it might be a little too like foolish or a little too negligent to say well, everything happens for a reason. It's like I can find, yes, like I found my, like my moment happened and it happened and I can't change it and that's the past. I can dwell on that all I want, but I can also sit there and find the the reason that I'm going to continue doing X, Y, Z because of that moment. For the next segment? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, welcome back everybody to Wordplay. So this is a classic game. This is like the game of a word before we leave. This is something that every single time I don't do it, I get someone that's DMing me on Scrim or like like texting me and being like, episode was good, needs more wordplay. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep doing it. So the point of the game is we're both gonna say a word at the same time and then we're gonna try to work our way down to the exact same word. We can't say anything in the room, can't say anything we just talked about, and the goal is to not like repeat any words. So think of a random word in your head, I'll give you a second, and I'm gonna think of a random word, and then we're, I'm gonna count down, and then we're gonna just try to see how long it goes. This could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 30 seconds. My fourth episode, me and my guest, got it twice in a row. Really? After two guesses, yeah. I like, it was like boom, boom, and then boom, boom, and then I was like, I was like 
that was quick. But okay. But then I've, I've had other episodes that took a little bit. Okay, okay. So we just gotta get on the same page. Cool. Okay. I gotta think of a word. I got one. I got one. Okay. Three, two, one. Carrots. Bongo. Bongo and carrots. carrots. I got a word. I do not have a word. You just gotta get on the same page. Okay. I got one. Three, two, one. Drumstick? Produce, Produce and drumstick. Ah. Okay. Three, two, one. Chicken. Turkey. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Thanksgiving like just yeah. happened, so I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, turkey, easy. Turkey, chicken. Three, two, one. Birds. Poultry. <laughs> Poultry and birds. Three, two, one. Wing. I was not quick enough. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to rewind. Don't okay. say wing. We're back on wing. Uh, poultry, poultry and, and birds. birds. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got one. Uh, I got one, but it's probably not what you're about to say, though. Maybe, I don't know. Three, two, one. Breast. Tender. <laughs> Dang it. This is so we have, we have breast so and tender. Um, okay, I got one. Yeah, I got one. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Nugget. Lunch. I cannot stop laughing. Nugget. We're like the, so close. I know. I know. That's the fun of it. We're like on, on like little seats. Yeah. It's like we just gotta Nugget and lunch. Three, two, one. Chick fil A. I was hoping that you say Chick fil A because I used to work for them, and I feel like if my friends who listen to this episode heard that, they'd be like, "Oh, of course, Lizzie brings up Chick fil A." I think, you know, my favorite part, and this is something that when I lived in Germany, I was in the barracks. There was not a lot of other musicians. Most people that were played guitar, because like army, everyone played, you know, they played an instrument, they played acoustic guitar or whatever. So, and then really until I moved out here, I got to experience this a little bit back in Kansas City playing with people, but moving out here and being surrounded by other musicians and not just people who make like, like to play guitar or bass or like people who are like they're musicians they're legitimately making music yeah as a profession that's what they do and being able to play with them is one of the most like oh it's so uplifting it feels so good every single time like because one like in if we're writing you know it's so fun to kind of collaborate with people and just share your ideas and you know, for me being someone who I feel like I don't have as much to offer, but like, you know, I say like, well, you guys like this? And they're like, oh, they're like, we should use that. It, it feels good. You know, it's a, a validation thing, which, you know, it's not why I'm doing it, but it's, 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 it's a perk. Yeah, it feels good. But it's so fun to create, you know, art with other people because it becomes, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just this thing that snowballs into something so much bigger than yourself. I think you kind of said it perfect. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, I think, I think collaborate collaborative art um whether that's a film uh sculpture painting a play a band all of that coming together has i mean made some of the most profound and impactful pieces of culture that we as a society have looked at and consumed so like if you think of some of the best albums the best movies it's not, it's usually not one person. Doing yeah. It. It's usually a bunch of people putting a lot of resources into it. And then all of a sudden you have Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. You have, you have some of the great, you have Star Wars, you have Star Trek, you have culture. You know, you're, you're, you're making the culture and you're defining what it can look like, but you're doing it on your own terms. And that's, 
I think that's the most powerful thing and ability that people in the music industry have is you're making the sound of society. You're making what we as a collective people will listen to yeah. on a daily basis, casually, you know? And some people will be deeply, deeply impacted by the music that you make. And that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my main motivator, you know? Like, I think it's a pretty good mix between one, I love doing it. You know, this is the first thing that, and that I could really think about that I felt really, really passionate about and that I've been willing to, you know, put time in even when it's not fun. Like I, I want to work towards it still, even when it's not fun and it's, you know, and, and this is not, it's, I'm not in school or it's not my job yet. So I don't have to do it, but I want to, even when I don't want to kind of thing. And then also just being able to connect with someone else, you know, and as I was saying earlier with my like smashing pumpkins anecdote, like knowing that like I want to be able to tell people like what they're what you're feeling is not abnormal like that. And that was that meant so much to me when I was younger. And it still means something like when I listen to music now and I'm like feeling a certain way that I don't, you know, exactly want to communicate with people around me. And then hearing someone else seeing exactly what I'm feeling. It's like, OK, like pretty reassuring. I can't hate that. Come into real life, you appreciate the people around you. You appreciate that we don't live in a zombie apocalypse and that it's the situations that we face in our life are not as stressful or not as serious as we make them out to be. So what, what would you say to, let's say this is a hypothetical, right? Yeah. What would you say to somebody that maybe has never played a video game in their life. Maybe this, maybe it's past their generation. Maybe it's beyond them to the point. So they don't, they don't see it through the lens that you see it, right? Because obviously right. you find it as something that's helpful, something that you can grow through, something you can learn about life as. But And have fun. That's, and ha that's, that's, let's put that. Absolutely. Having fun is probably the main <laughs> aspect of it. Yeah, well, that's where, that's where the other things come into play. What would you say to somebody that has never played a video game? I would probably start by asking them if they have any reservations and what they are. My um, my girlfriend has reservations about playing games. Um, she has claimed, and we haven't sat down to play games yet. Okay, let's let's put that out there. But she's told me that like picking up a controller and like it's very easy to get frustrated because it's not in intuitive yet when you first start and i think that's how a lot of people feel especially when it comes to like an actual physical controller that's separate from the screen i know so many people especially like girls like Kristen, like when i was in middle school and high school that had nintendo ds's because it was it was connected to the screen it was right there you know and there wasn't uh thumbsticks and l1 r1 and clicking buttons like clicking the thumbstick in like there wasn't any of that it was and that I could go on and on about Nintendo's marketing plan and why they are geniuses is what they do and apply or appealing to all markets. <laughs> However, um, a lot of people have a lot of reservations. And so what I would say is give it a shot. Take, take a couple hours and go play journey, which is a beautiful game that um, is really intuitive and really easy. It's like going, you just have to go forward, I think, or something like that. Uh, 
Um, I really only started it, but it was game of the year, and it's beautiful. Is it only on PlayStation? I don't think so anymore. I think it's on PC, and it might be on Xbox Game Pass. Don't quote me on that. This is Remembering How, written and performed by Matthew Blom. I feel at home during the winter. How the grass seems to lose a little bit of life, and the tree branches see the empty sky unburdened by the joyful leaves, and how the vibrant blue turns gray, and the snow gently falling toward the cold dirt, desperately clumping up to form a thin, fragile blanket as if it's trying to protect the world from hurting itself, relying on the numbing cold to keep it alive, else it melts and bears the dirt with nothing to shield it from everything. When we are thrust from the warmth of our mother's loving nurture and into this industrial receptacle, no one thinks to ask if we want a blanket or a mug of hot chocolate. Not even a once warm pillowcase now settled at room temperature after the wash, as if this cold I now find myself in is normal. Like it isn't choking out the life I miraculously was given and forcing me into a quiet submission of solitary confinement, and I am made to reflect on a life I have barely begun to live, and forced to answer a question that I had yet to consider but now is the only thing that my brain can muster when I lay down my burden for the night. My great aunt used to make me coffee and cut it with milk. She would drag her faltering bones across her small room to pour the mug of safety I did not know how much I needed, and with a smile she would sit back in her favorite chair and continue her day of remembering her life that was slowly coming to an end. At her funeral, the casket presented this woman in all her glory, an eerily peaceful smile plastered on an aged, bone-thin husk, as if announcing to the confines of her world that she did it. She lived every day like it was her last until it was her last. Now I'm afraid my last is coming. I drink my coffee black now. I roll the dice every morning when I throw my lukewarm blanket off. Will today be fresh and new, or will it grasp my tightened throat and pull? I cannot keep my feet moving one after the other. Picking them up off the ground already takes all I've got, so how do I answer a question when asking it is already too much? Sometimes I wake to the sound of my feline friend bashing the door. Hard to hear over his starved meows and pleading scratches. It seems he has forgotten what food tastes like since the morning before. The banging and bashing and scratching and mewling and begging and grumbling wake me from my contemplation. The dice roll. I was not going to leave this bed. But now I guess I have to. I have grown used to the cold. I don't even wear a coat most of the time. Instead, I let the frosty air pass through me, hoping it will catch inside and freeze what's left. Just because I have grown used to the cold does not mean I do not feel the warmth reminding me that the frozen wastes are not the only place I have to roam. It would be easier. Much, much easier. If I just froze solid. 
if my blood running cold became more than just a metaphor, and hell freezing over was something more than just a thing to swear by, I could untether myself from the warmth that tells me there is something better. Let the walls fall in. I cannot hold them. My arms can snap and I wouldn't have to care. And let the wreckage trap me so at least I have a reason why I can no longer see the light or feel the warmth. Let it end. My mother used to wake me with a song. A rosy voice would hum along the halls of a house I once called home. Sometimes she would grace me with a refrain on the days my bed's gravitational pull was stronger than her rallying tune. It has become quite hard to rise and to shine and to praise the glory of a god I cannot decide if I believe in. But, some days, the sun peeks through my window at just the right angle. And I wake refreshed by dreams I cannot remember, but I know we're safe. And my first swig of water fuels my soul just right. And I am warm for a single moment. A moment I won't forget. The moments that urge me forward to lift my feet when they cannot be lifted. And to drink my coffee when it's too bitter. And to answer the questions I'm too afraid to ask. To trust the air that I would not let inside and open my heart to love one more time. And sometimes, I forget that it's winter, because I'm warm, and being warm is nice. When I was younger, but I have found like teaching it, I guess brings me back to when I was in elementary school. So it's nice to be teaching it now because I can see what my teachers were trying to do back then. And I'm trying to get my students to also feel or learn to love reading just as much as I am. Do you have any stories from the classroom that you'd like to share? Oh my gosh, sure. Um, so I started teaching back in January. That was my first year teaching, but I have been at this school that I am right now since I started college back in 2017. Started working there in the after school program. And, oh man, I just, there's so many things that have happened in that school. I know one of my very first years, the students were talking in Spanish and they obviously didn't know that I knew. They barely met me and I just said, hey, I'm Ms. Garcia. Like I didn't speak in Spanish, nothing. So obviously they didn't know, but I would walk by and you would like hear them whisper talking in Spanish and I would, you know, peep through and just be like, oh my gosh, you know, talk in Spanish with them. And they were like completely shocked. So that was fun to notice. And I have that at least once or twice a year that happens when I get new students. Um, I actually had that happen today. I had a new student who's new to our school and I heard his mom talking in Spanish. So I replied in Spanish and his eyes just went huge. Um, That's got to be powerful as a kid to see someone that speaks your home language, especially with some of these kids that are coming in. Yes, it was nice. And he's he was very shy. You could tell that he was very shy. But when I said that I also speak Spanish, he kind of lit up a little bit and then went back to being shy. So I'm getting there. <laughs> hey, that's progress though. That yes, is progress. Is. Yeah. is there any certain educational methods that you've learned throughout college or just through practice mm -hmm. that you have found that has... Yeah. So like, I just loved physical activity, physical challenge, and, and it really made my brain stimulated. And I would just, I would, I would, I would actually enjoy and have this peace. And so, I would always just go out there and I would shoot this little old basketball in this rusty hoop, and I would do it randomly. Get it's like a what is it called when a dog gets like spurts of energy? 
and they just run in circles. Zoomies. You know zoomies. I just like, I get random zoomies to like run outside and run in the field or play basketball, even though I sucked at basketball. And I would play from anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes and it would, and I would do that two to three times a day. So when's the last time you think you've, you've played? Probably two years. Two years? Yeah, since I moved to LA. Do you think finding... And I don't want to shoot on... I don't want to go into a 24-hour fitness and play either. It's not the same. No, it's There's not. an aesthetic with the fields and the barns and the dogs and the rusty hoop that's not perfect. It's home. It's home. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I love LA. Do not get me wrong. Like, I love the city. I've always been kind of a city kid at heart. I've low-key been a city kid in the country. You know, I was always going to the city for auditions, and I was in musical theaters in, in downtown Kansas City all the time. I technically grew up in Kearney, Missouri. I would go downtown Kansas which is about 25 minutes from Kansas City, downtown Kansas City. <clears throat> I'd go downtown Kansas City for obligations with my agent or things like that, cause I, and I always loved the city, but I always loved the country at the same time. And I think, like, for my mental health, too, is, like, I've always needed a backyard. Like, I've, I, I'm just a guy. I need a backyard. And I do live in, in L.A. I live across the street from a park. And I do go there sometimes, but I don't go there enough. The thing that's also great about my home life was that it was, it was 20 acres of silence and I was by myself. If I go to, if I go to a park, it feels like it's, it's like the Matrix or it's like formulated to be there for me. And it's like a simulation. Mm-hmm. But instead, I can live in, the, in like nature. Yeah. And nature is made here, but nature is there in Missouri, if that makes sense. Like, like it feels parks. fabricated here. Yeah. There's parks that are like, oh, here's a park so you can enjoy nature instead of like actually having nature. I mean, don't get me wrong. California has beautiful nature, beautiful mountains and, and hikes and things like that. And they're all great. But I also didn't grow up hiking. I'm from Missouri. So I do enjoy a hike. It's a great. Uh, there is a, There is a beauty in a great hike. But I'm just not really a hiking type guy, like, because I, you know, there's no mountains in Missouri. It's all flat. So I just, the green plains of flatness was like fun for me, and like that's what I like associate my nature with. Um, and you know, you know, it has beautiful beaches, but there is something about it too. Is like, I feel like if I was on a hike by myself, if I was on a hike by myself, or if I was at a beach completely by myself, then I would feel that. It's when it's like, feels like it's crowded is when it feels also like weird to me, you know, cause I can't, I am I really ADHD. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like looking around at what other people are doing, what other people are talking about instead of like enjoying the nature sometimes. So would you say that solitude is a concept that you try to lean towards when you're trying to find like moments of relaxation or even just moments of play? Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing is I, str- I struggle a lot to be alone. I, I had this friend and my friends in high school, they would always tell me like, do you ever, do you ever sleep or relax? Like, do you ever like, you know, cause it was always the next joke, the next, you know, how can I make everyone laugh? Like, how can I, you know, have a party at my house? How can I have people over this tonight? Like it was always that give, 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 give. And when you give a lot, you get taken as well. So I think also like there was a lot of things taken from me and it made me like, dude, I threw a party. This is just mentally taken from like just mentally having to provide for, for like friends yeah. to be there and guests. But I had my wallet stolen from my from a party at my own house. Like somebody stole my wallet when I was like for my birthday. Oh, my birthday actually. Yeah, it was wild. And I and I and like it's just like yeah. I'd say like I struggle to find hobbies. Yeah, I struggle to 
relax. And I think me being alone is something that does help that. And it did help that. But I also get insecure about being alone because I feel like there's people like waiting on me or like wanting me to hang out with them. Anything that you can think of, I'm going to count down to three and you're just going to say the first word that comes to your mind. Nothing that you can see. And the goal is to not repeat any words that we've said. That's right. So we want to get to the same word as fast Mm -hmm. as possible. Okay. So I'll give you, you can think of the first word and I'll think of the word because I'm going to need a second to think of something. All right. Sounds good. This is me. It can't be something I see, right? Nothing in the room. Okay. Nothing in the room. Nothing that we've talked about recently. Just try to like, the the point is as random as possible because then we can find a common ground. Gotcha. We have to be on the same level though. That's the point. Okay. I have to think of a word. Uh, Got it. Okay. Three, two, one. Rice. Rice. Rice and ranch. Rice and ranch. I got it. I don't know if I have it. Three, two, one. Food. Food. Whoa! (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that was the fastest uh, game of wordplay ever documented on a word before we leave. That was two rounds. Um, It started with rice and ranch and brought us back to food. Wow. That was really good. You know, I'm I'm honestly impressed that I got that recorded because our reactions yeah. just spiked. That was really good. I was very loud. I'm so sorry. So was I. We were both very loud. Our, for the listener, both of our eyes just went very wide yes. because we're currently in Miley's apartment sitting at her kitchen table. So if you also hear any cars driving by or the sound of a fan in the background. Right. It's just we're squeaking. It's, yeah. It's just it's, it's the chair. moving in the chairs. <laughs> I've noticed that Miley's big on talking with her hands. If she's bumped the microphone yes. a few times, that's just a part, of, it's a part of the naturalism. That's a part of what makes this present and uh, real. So right. yes. that's I what separates us. I was Hispanic. Talk with my hands. Of course. It's, it's what separates <laughs> us from the rest of the podcast. Right. Well, we do another one? Might as well. Okay. Usually these last like five to ten that's minutes. That's true. It's true. Okay. Okay. I got a word. Okay. Three, two, one. Tangelo. What did you say? Tangelo. I have no idea what that is. It's like a citrus. Okay. Tangelo and rainbow? Yeah, I don't... Okay. 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 Three, two, one. Orange. Orange. (laughs) I mean... just the day-to-day maybe in your daily life that you're just like wow like this is somebody that is 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 admirable yeah I mean I I worked at the boys and girls club for two years in my um first two years of college almost three yeah um and my manager there my boss there was pretty inspirational I feel like he had this mentality of you know of being yourself, being confident, being comfortable with yourself. Cause spoiler alert, you know, in my late teens, I wasn't very, like I was probably the most insecure I've ever been. And, you know, to be in a job where you're working with kids who obviously they bring out a different side in you, whether you like it or not being around kids and to have, somebody like, like Anthony that I could, you know, just observe in their, in daily life and somebody who's made mistakes in his life is very aware of it, you know, and now has dedicated his life to education. And and, I mean, I don't, I don't plan on working in education, but I feel like there's something admirable about, admirable 
about having that kind of, of mentality. And, and he was always just full of positivity. He had this saying called PVO, positive vibes only. He'd always type that into our work chat. And so that always brought a smile to my face. But like, yeah, you always look for those people in life that you like, that make you want to show up to work or like, you know, that you see like on the, on the daily pretty much. And so yeah, I probably like, as far as like my daily life went, that was probably somebody I looked up to. Oh, it's, I remember uh, when I was in high school, was, I don't want to take, I don't want to talk about this too long, but in high school thinking that's the world, you know, Kansas city, my small high school, that's the world. I've now lived in two different states in two different, multiple different cities. And that is not the world. There's so much more to it. I think as a filmmaker, though, you know, I think one thing that like from my childhood that I would encourage like someone that's like kind of going through this like early stage of their artistry would be to challenge yourself, but to do it in like a good uh, pace. You know, you don't want to like start in high school doing films about drug addiction and stuff. You're probably not ready to take on a task that deep. I don't even know if I was ready to take it on when I was in college. Go out of your comfort zone and try things because when you're growing up and you're you're new in this artistry, um, that is your time to to learn. I think the craziest thing that I ever did in my early days of, of filmmaking was when, when I was in high school and I said to my best friends who all worked on my films, hey, let's make a feature film. We did. It's out there. It's called XYZ. You can go watch it. It's bad. Uh, it's okay. Same, same. In really? high school, I, I had a buddy named Ishan. I interviewed him. He was like my fourth podcast guest. Uh-huh. No, he was my third podcast guest on this. And we made a film. If you guys want to like hear the story behind that, go back to episode three, Ishan Parikh, and something about the yeah. storytelling, whatever. Um, but we made a thing called Deranged, and it was in high school, and it was bad. Yeah. And it blew up. Right. See, like for me... <clears throat> um, I I cherish that film so much. It's not great. There's some. There are. I will say there are some like good merits. So it's not like the worst film ever. Um, but like I cherish that film so much. One for the memories. That summer and the couple months after that we made that film were so great. You know, whenever I get together with those guys, we always talk about it because it was just such a fun summer. It was a stressful summer. Um, but the thing about it was that. You know, we didn't know how to make a feature film. And we were doing it with literally, I think the most, we spent maybe overall a thousand dollars in that film. Like, you know, lowest budget possible for a feature. No one was paid. No locations were paid. I didn't pay for anyone's food. I think I maybe brought water bottles a couple times. Like, that was it. We tried to carpool as much as we could and stuff. But like, you know, I was just out of high school. I didn't know anything. But... That film taught me so much about what it means to be a filmmaker and what actually goes into it. You know, if I hadn't done that film, if I hadn't tried to do something that big, I don't think I would have done other opportunities that I got later, a couple years later in college. And when I went to film school, it was also like an impressive thing where a lot of people are like, oh, you did a feature film. That's crazy. And I think one of my favorite things that so many people have said to me, and this is such a positive like reinforcement. So like if you're considering doing anything like this, just know this. Um, I would say to people, yeah, I made a feature film. It's pretty bad though. And they would, uh, so many people said the same thing. They'd say, still though, you made a feature film and that in itself is crazy. It is. And so, and I would say for anything that you're 
consider because there's so many young filmmakers out there who don't have anyone to talk to about it. You know, for me, I was like the only one in my town, really. You know, which is crazy because we were doing this around the same time, we were. in the same area. Yeah, like there was like I was Kansas side, you're Missouri side. Exactly, I was on the better side. You were on the other side. The better side to raise a family. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, for like for me, there's like one guy. I'm going to name him because I just, in case he s- listens to this, Kyle Stuk, I looked up to you so much when I was in middle school. It was crazy. I never talked to you. And I know, I think we still follow each other on, on Instagram. So you listen to this. Thank you for uh, the videos you made while I was in middle school because um, you were the only person I saw that was like kind of doing what I wanted to do. And so... Uh, thank you for that. Um, but, you know. If you could ask advice from your 80-year-old self, a man in the future, what would you ask him about life that might either help you now, help you from in the future, help a past version of yourself, Let's just say you get a chance to sit down with a future you. What would you ask him? So I remember... How do you record it? (laughs) How do you record it? How do you record all the thoughts, ideas, experiences? How do you just put it somewhere so that way it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere, you know? So that way you can you can look at it later. Like documentation is incredibly important. I take a lot of notes. And note-taking and recording, journaling, sometimes it gets overwhelming because I'm, I get afraid that I'm not going to finish a book or finish a notebook because I like there'll be days in between a journal entry or I'll have this note card that has a random thought on it that <laughs> I don't have a date for or, and I don't know where it, what it means or like the notes in my phone. Like I go back and I'm like, where did this joke come from? Who said this? What is happening I I just I wonder if the old man found out a way to take a look back on his life and be able to go through it a little bit and maybe feel similar feelings or be nostalgic for a time period. I think I'll have that, but I am afraid that I won't like um I'm just afraid my memory's going to go. It runs in the family. Like, it would be nice to be able to record something or record a part of it or, like, just a little way that I can, uh, like, be, like, look at something and, like, look at a picture or look at a, a notebook, a, a note card, whatever it is, and, like, transport myself back or have a new perspective on it that is tied to the old one, like, uh, yeah, maybe that's a little, I hope that's not too, uh, too much, but no, no, that's, that's... I'm going to compliment you three times. I'm inside or sipping hot chocolate. It doesn't matter. 
I want to compliment you guys. I want us to do a new segment called Words of Affirmation. So Lizzie's going to compliment you three times. And I'm going to compliment you three times. I think we're just going to do like, she'll do one, I'll do one. And then we'll let you think on that. And these are words that you can say to yourself too. These are things that remind you of your worth and of your perspective and of your value. And, and that is valuable in itself. You being you. So Lizzie, would you like to compliment the listener? I want to compliment them. This is a little bit, this is kind of comes from a guided meditation, but it was really impactful for me. So I'm going to kind of just almost lead everyone listening through a guided meditation, just really, really quick. But basically, close your eyes and imagine someone that you really love. And it could be anyone, like an artist, your parents, a friend, anyone. And in your head, say to that person, you are kind, you deserve to be safe, and I love you. And then picture yourself now, picture someone who loves you, and imagine them saying those things to you. I am kind, I deserve to be safe, but all those same things, you are so loved. I am loved, I deserve to be safe, I am kind. And my compliment is going to be less of a guided meditation, but that was incredible, Lizzie. Thank you. I'm going to say, I really like your shoes that you're wearing today. Or if you're not wearing shoes, your toenails are trimmed nicely. I really like the way when you walk into a room, I notice your presence and I immediately appreciate it. I think when you smile, your true self comes out. And I think you should smile more. I love your laugh. Every single version of it. Even those like tiny little giggles that you'll let out every once in a while. Love those. But I also love your deep, hysterical laugh. I just think it's so great. I think the way you hold yourself when you're by yourself, you can hold around other people. Because that's an awesome version of you. I love that one. Thank you. Would you care to share a word before we leave? Mm. Yes. No, I'm just joking. That's not my word. <laughs> okay. So, uh, hey, uh, hey there, little bluebird. If you can hear me while you flutter by, uh, I'm trying to stay golden. I really am. Um, yeah, if that means anything. Uh, I guess I'm saying that to myself more than the little bird. Bye, little bird. Uh, the fact that you stopped by my windowsill at all was amazing. But that's not a word, is it? Uh, bluebird, fly on home. People of the world, Bluebird, fly on home, Griffin Cats. And now, after a full 50-ish minutes of listening to a review of season one, a change and a look into A Word Before We Leave, season two. This season's theme, collaboration. And to start it off, here's our brand new theme song, written and composed and performed by Parker Abrams. Thank you, buddy.
Thank you for listening, and thank you for coming back. We'll see you soon on A Word Before We Leave, Season 2. Coming very, very soon to a podcasting platform near you. This has been Brett Gaffney.